I would like to welcome everybody back to the Chilling With Dome podcast. Today's guest was on all three seasons of All-Stars. It is Nehemiah Clark. We have a great discussion about the challenge as a whole. Um, we go back to his championship. We go back to Rivals. Um, it's a great conversation. I hope you guys all enjoy it. Again, my social media is down below. I'm at Chilling With Dylan Pod on Instagram. Um, and Nehemiah's social media will be down below as well. I also want to say I have a giveaway coming soon for the Challenge Mania Live Kansas City poster signed by Wes, John A., Melinda, Tina, Durrell, Nehemiah, Naya, Casey Cooper, Ronnie, Brad. Um, there's a bunch of people that signed it. Uh, Katie Cooley actually signed it. Um, so check out my Instagram for more details on that because I'll be giving it away next week on the John Nay Mannion episode. Thank you. Hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey. Good vibes and such an incredible feeling. The podcast that you need and want. Interviews with reality TV stars. Uh, so entertaining. Now you don't want to miss. Uh, real as it gets, never know what to expect. Uh, got a rep jersey, I thought I told you. Yes, indeed. Every week, got a brand new poster while I'm hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Let's go. So I would like to welcome everybody back to the Chilling with Dylan podcast. Today's guest is an icon on the challenge and the challenge all-stars. He's actually a former challenge champion from the real world, Austin. It is Nehemiah Clark. Nehemiah, how are you doing today? What up? What up? What up? Man. Yes. Keep it up, man. You got me hyped. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so I, I love always, that intro. Thank you. I always start every uh, interview with just how's life? 2020 was rough. 2021 was rough. COVID pandemic stuff going on in the world. How are you doing mentally? I mean, you filmed three reality shows in that time frame. Just how's life going for you, Nehemiah? You know, life is great. You know, um, so many, so many great things happening. And I feel like no matter what we're going through, there's always something to be grateful for. You know what I mean? I feel like as long as we get to wake up in the morning, then that right there is a gift in itself. So, you know, 2020 was rough, 2021 was rough, but we're still here. Mm -hmm. And um, it made us all stronger. I think it made us appreciate different things about life. And, you know, life, life is amazing. Life is amazing. No matter, no matter what you're going through, it's amazing because I'm sitting here in my place. I'm doing a podcast, a person that I met a couple of times. I could be someone that I'll put up a post and I'm saying, hey, I'm doing podcasts and no one responds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the fact yeah. that people actually respond and want to talk to me. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing, man. It's a great place to be. Yeah. I actually had two friends that interviewed you today, too. Paige, I know, interviewed you. And then Talik told me he did like a mental health thing with you today, too, as well. Yeah. We were talking about it. We were like, yeah, we all got Nehemiah today. We're all excited to, excited <laughs> to interview Nehemiah. That's awesome. Shout out to y'all for doing this. and. Oh. And, you know, for having your podcast and, you know, for going out and doing something that y'all love to do, you know, um, shout you. out, keep it up, keep it I up. It. Um, so I do want to talk about, like you said, 2020, 2021, you filmed three seasons of the challenge in this yep. last two-ish years. Um, but before that, we haven't seen you since Rivals um, when Evan was your partner. So I want to talk about like, what made you come back? Was there any hesitations to come back for any of the three seasons just due to what's going on in the world? You just talk about that decision-making process that was going on in your head. 
thought it was a great opportunity because when I heard the premise of it, which was going to be bringing old school people back, you know, I think that all of us kind of missed that nostalgia of the show. And, you know, you get the call for Mark and it was in the early stages of the development. I'm like, yeah, let's do it, Mark, because, you know, I have such a I have such a, a big spot in my heart for, for Mark. So I was excited because it would be like calling an old NFL player and saying, hey, you want to come in? Uh, you want to come and play in the Super Bowl again? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I do. So um, it, I was really excited. I think most of us were. Mm -hmm. So I interviewed um, Tina a couple weeks ago, and she talked about how she was almost on All-Stars 1, and she thought it was going to be like Carnival Games. Um, is that something you thought it was going to be? Because it was not Carnival Games. Like, this is legit a challenge. So what were your expectations coming in, and how did they change over time? I knew it wasn't Carnival Games. Okay. I'm sitting there like, because let, let's go back to the first challenge when they all died, you know what I'm saying? Like when they all died and I'm just sitting there like, ur, 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 like pulling, doing like yeah, pulling these boxes out of the water. I knew it was going to be tough. And I didn't, I didn't train the way that I've been training for season three and stuff because I got a better understanding, but I trained hard for it. And I went and I watched the show and I'm like, you know what, this is going to be a tough, anytime you do the challenge it's never carnival game. So yeah. I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. So before we get into like the individual seasons and more like in-depth conversation, I play this game with everybody. Um, the listeners love to hear it. It's just first impressions. So I want to give you like five people and you can just tell me your first impression meeting them, like what you thought of them. Um, if you're good with that. So yeah. The first one I have uh, was on All-Stars 3 with you. I don't know if you met him before or not, but Jordan Wisely. First time meeting Jordan, what was your first thought of him? That was my second time meeting him. I met him briefly before we didn't talk. Okay. And um my first impression was this fool's in shape. <laughs> that was my first impression. I'm like, damn, this dude is in shape and his legs are ripped. And I was like, yeah. that's what I want my legs to look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but we're super cool now. Me and Jordan are like, that's, he's one of my favorite people from the show. That's cool. Um, the next one is the two-time All-Stars champion, queen of challenge All-Stars, John A. First impression, me and John. I'm actually interviewing John A next week too. So what's your first impression oh, nice. of John A? I met her on her first challenge on Rivals. Yep, with Jasmine. And yeah, and me and John A, we actually became really good friends. Um, I was I was studying Kabbalah at the time, and she loved it. So me and her are actually really close friends, and hung out in Hollywood. So it didn't it didn't come out on the show, but me and her are close. And my first impression of her on on All Stars is she came back as a beast, and she deserves everything that she's getting. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next one wasn't on All-Stars with you, but it was, um, you know him, Johnny Bananas. First impression mm -hmm. of Johnny Bananas when you first met him. Um, why is the vein in his neck so big? <laughs> like, you know how much talking you got to do to get the vein in your neck to be buff? Okay. <laughs> um, the next two are actually your roommates in Austin on the real world. Um, the first one I have is Melinda. You ran the final with her All-Stars too. When you first met Melinda all those years ago in Austin, Texas, what was your first thought of her? She's hot. That <laughs> <laughs> my first impression. I was like, damn, this girl's gorgeous. I think I even put in like, like a journal that I had at the time. But yeah, my first impression was she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one I have, your best friend, winner of All-Stars 3, Wes Bergman. First impression meeting Wes in Austin, Texas. When I first saw Wes, it dawned on me. I'm like, I'm really on the real world. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was the first, my first impression. He looked like everybody, he looked like someone that they cast for the show. And that's when it hit me. I was like, oh shit, I'm on the show. He had yeah. his pink shirt and his dumber, dumber haircut. And I was like, oh <laughs> man, this is real. <laughs> um, so before we get back to the challenge, I do want to talk about Austin, just because there's so much rumors swirling that you guys are in talks for a homecoming and it might be happening soon. Um, obviously I'm assuming that's something you're interested in, but do you think it'll happen for you? Do you think all seven of you will be back? Like, if you could just talk a little bit about that process and what your thoughts on it are. I hope we could do it. It's really tough right now because trying to get seven people on the same page at this area in our life, yeah. it's tough. But, you know, it has been presented, but not in a way to where we're signing contracts, where we've given dates. It's just been like, are you guys interested? Okay, well, we'll maybe be in touch in a few months. So it's like, that's, that's where it's at right now. Yeah, I heard a rumor, and you can play the fifth, confirm, deny that Johanna's the the one that's that's holding out. Um, that she's the one that doesn't want to do it, and the rest of you are like down and ready to go. I think um, I think that there's some truth to that. I think okay. that a couple. Of, I think Johanna, you know, she has she's in the UK. She has a different yeah. life right now, so you know, I can I understand her hesitation a little bit, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> not for uh, what they're offering. Yeah, so I want to talk a little about your season right in between Key West. No, you were in between Philly and Key West, right? Um, was there any, like, did you apply before or was there any possibility that you would have been on any of those other railroad seasons or was it always Austin for you? Because, for example, um, Tina, who was on Royal Rules, told me that she was almost on the railroad Las Vegas with Trisha and Alton. So was there any other show season that you were almost on that was a close call or you know, man, um, just going to be the most egotistical thing, but no, you know, I was good enough to make it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I Sorry, like it. Tina. I like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, like I tried it. out once. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Ken, uh, Kenny, he was supposed to be on our season. Yeah, I heard that. I heard Kenny. Was Brandon Nelson. Brandon Nelson was supposed to be. So then, yeah, no, yeah, I know. I heard like done. Laura was almost on like Cancun or something or something along those lines, but it's, it's interesting to see what seven they get for each, you know, each, each season. Um, so I'm gonna get back into All-Stars. Um, every, every season of All-Stars had a different vibe, right? So if you could just talk about what your favorite season of All-Stars was, um, I have a feeling I know which one it is, but if you could just talk about that and then your least favorite and why. Um, it's obviously season two. Yeah. Um, obviously, Save the Palace. Yeah. Um, save the save the palace baby um so that that was my favorite season i think that we were able to do something uh special with that and also running the final with melinda and i'll say my least favorite then would have to be season one because i left right before the final yeah you know but it had special but it was special because i hadn't done the show in such a long time yeah. and the vibe was way more chill so probably my least favorite only because i lost before the final and i was really upset about that mm -hmm. so Talking about Save the Palace, it was like I feel like you were the star of season two. Like you specifically um, were the face of that season. So can you just talk about the beginnings of the palace and how the that like alliance came to be? Um, just the early workings of it. Yeah, it was um it was almost unspoken because tech, you know, I've known tech for years, even before All Stars, and I met Latarian on All Stars, but it started with us just walking around the house and we give each other a nod like finals finals like just making sure that we make it to the final and it started that way but then you know i pulled them to the side one day and i'm like look guys we cannot 
right now they're building alliances. They got an alliance and they're about to start picking us off one-on-one. So we have to be in a position to where we can fight against them. And also we got to we got to be in a position for all of, you know, the minorities out there who don't really get to see alliances like this or get to see, you know, minorities in, in a political position. You know, a lot of times we're just in a position to where we're just side commentary and we have funny comments here and there in our interviews, but they never show us playing a political game, being smart in strategy, winning challenges. So I was like, let's try to do this um, for all of the people watching is bigger than us at this point. So, you know, that's kind of where it formed. And then the, the name, you know, we were in season one, there was an issue with the N-word with Kendall and, and, and Darrell, and it became a thing. So, you know, I was like, look, we got to, um, you know, like, I, let's not use that in this. Let's call each other King, because that's what I call my brothers outside of this. And we need to, once again, it was bigger than us. Let's start showing, let's give these other people, people to root for, because in the other world, we got enough rappers using the N-word and calling women bitches and this and this. So let's start using words that uplift each other. So, you know, people get a different look and, you know, that's what it was about. It was, it was bigger than us. Can you talk about the Kendall situation at all in All-Stars 1? Because I didn't, I had never heard any of this. Yeah, it wasn't what, what it was. It was very funny because it was, um, it was the first time that I think that a lot of the uh, black cast members felt very comfortable. You know what I mean? Like you look at someone like Darrell, he does the show consistently, but he's never, it never really feels like home to him because, you know, he doesn't have a lot of people that he could be himself with. So you got me, you got Cyrus, you got Latarian, you got Anissa, you got Darrell, um, you got Alton. So it was like Darrell was very comfortable and he was using the N word and um, Kendall says something and she's like, can you please not use that word? I find it offensive. And then it was just this thing in the house where it was like, you have us talking about whether or not people should be able to use the word. And um, that's the reason why, you know, I presented that. And I did it in season one. I was calling them, I was calling them all Kings before that. So like we walk around the house and then uh, I'll be like, good morning, young King. They were calling me young King at the time. So I was the youngest person, but um, I was, in season two, I was like, let's continue that. So um, we don't even have these issues again. Like we don't even need to let's uplift Let's uplift, let's uplift, use uplifting words. And um, that's that was what the story behind that was. Yeah, no, I mean, I know that they're getting better at casting, but there's obviously still more work to be done. Um, CBS recently did 50% BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color. Um, so hopefully there's more diversity in future seasons of The Challenge, Big Brother, Survivor, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I want to give them a shout out. Shout out to them for for making that change. Absolutely, because you got to think when we go back to my first challenge, which was the which was the duel, I was the only black male, and then there was Anissa, and then now I'm doing shows and I look around and I see a lot of us and I see who they're casting now. So I appreciate them making those changes. And I will say also, um, since this has happened, there's been one season of Big Brother and two seasons of Survivor. A black man won Big Brother, an Asian woman and a black woman won Survivor. So there See? is, there's a change happening. Like people of color are starting to win the show and have more of a chance. I'm with it. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Um, so I do want to get into somebody you don't get along with, but kind of do. People don't know if it's like jokes or for real. Uh, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. Um, mm. So this is a rivalry that I love. Some people on Twitter think it's like over edited or whatever, but you can just talk about like where this rivalry came from. Is it real? Is it for the show? Like what you're, where do you stand with Derek? Basically? It was, it was a competitive rivalry. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if you play sports, but if you like go to the gym, for instance, right. And you got this group of people that you hoop with, 
there might be someone who is there that, you know, you like, but y'all talk shit every single time y'all play against each other. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all are an opposite team. So that's really what it was. It wasn't a um, it wasn't a fake thing. It was a competitive thing. He started it. He came up to me after my win with Tech, and he was like, he made a little smart comment like, you know, you had a good win yesterday, but I got to show you that the big dog really runs this show. And I'm like, I'm with it. Let's go. You know, like I started, I started giving it back to him. And then he voted me in on the last elimination. And then uh, I orchestrated to get him voted in in season two and he lost halfway through. So, you know, it was, it was all, it was all competition. It wasn't anything outside of it. It was a healthy competitive rivalry and I got love for the guy outside of it. So I usually do listener questions at the end, but I'm going to ask this listener question now because we're talking about Derek. Um, so somebody wants to know, how do you think you and Derek would do on a rival season together? Great. You guys I think, think I think we would do, Washington. I think we would do good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, the reason why the whole thing about our rivalry was that um, it was competition because we both love to win. And if you look, he, when Derek is on, he plays a great game. And he has a lot of strengths. So us together, yeah, we do some we do some damage. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the final on All Stars two. Um, very close to winning, and there was definitely some, I guess, controversy is the right word at the end with the lock. And you can just talk about like first your opinion on the final. Um, Melinda obviously got injured during it, but then your opinion on the end of the final with the lock and then the money and the airplane and everything that was going on with that situation. Um. It sucked when I was in that moment, you know, because you watched that win slip away from my hands. And that was, you know, it, it was very close. I've never gotten that close other than winning. So that was tough. And it was a lot of, it was a, it was a lot on our bodies and to see what Melinda went through with her ankle and, you know, like to, to not get anything from that sucked, but um, I was happy that we made it that far and we were able to prove to ourselves that we can take, you know, one of TJ's finals and, you know, we can endure. And that's one of the things you ask yourself when you're watching it. You're like, can I do that? When they have to stand up on the log all night, you're like, hmm, I wonder how I would do on that. And then, then you got to do it and then you do it. And um, to me, there, there was a lot of wins in there. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so going into season three, um, I heard it was like quick callbacks. I think Jody did an interview and she said like literally the day she got back, they called her for season three. Um, so how close was that filming time? And then was there any thought in your mind of like, maybe I should not go back. I need to break. Cause I do know that I think Melinda's injury was still there from season two. And I think MJ's injury was still there from season two as well. Mm -hmm. I, I was leaving Mexico when I got the call. So we were still, yeah, we were still on the show uh, when we got the call and I think we all were kind of like just saying yeah at the time, but not really thinking about it, not knowing that it would really be that quick. But I think it was like a six week turnaround. Jeez. And um, mentally, that's where I struggled. Physically, I was good. But mentally, I was like, this is a lot. This is a lot to go through. So that's why season two, I was able to kind of like take a different approach. I mean, season three, I took a different approach. Um, and you mentioned mentally. So I want to talk about that. Um, the mental health aspects of these shows. Um, so you go and film, you have no really phone or any access to the outside world. And then you come back to real life and then you chill for a little bit. And then you, you watch the show back and people have their opinions of you. They love you. They hate you. They could say whatever they want, basically via DMs, Twitter, Instagram. So if you could just talk about like the mental, so people fully understand the mental aspect of filming a show like this and then having all these people 
give their opinions of you, whether you care or not about their opinions. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. And first of all, no one, no one likes to be criticized, right? Like none of us like to, it doesn't matter whether we know someone or we don't, but then to have it be magnified to where it's like, not just one person, no, it's a hundred of people who are giving their opinion on you, some good, some bad. It takes a lot because as humans, it's not something that we're naturally supposed to go through. Like naturally as humans, we're not even supposed to be in this amount of contact with this many humans. And if you look back in the day, we would not, we would not have a device to where we could look at hundreds of humans and look at hundreds of humans' lives and hear hundreds of humans' opinions in a matter of an hour. So this is something that we're still trying to figure out how this is going to play out for the long term. But we're all the test dummies right now. We don't know what social media is going to do to us in the long term. So it's, it's a very tough position to be in. And that's the reason why a lot of people can't take it and they end their lives because it's tough. It's really, really tough. And um, shout out to anyone who's going through that. And people think that because we're on TV, it automatically gives them the right to say whatever they want to us. You know what I mean? And the internet has provided a shield because if we're in person, their reaction and the things that you say to someone is going to be way different than what you would say online. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all have to take that into account and don't say to someone online what you wouldn't say to them in person. It's kind of like we have to readjust that thing. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. But no, if you can't say something to them in person, don't say it online. I think that's what we have to change because these people would be the worst trolls. And then you meet them, they're like, oh my God, can I take a picture? And it's like, wait a minute, you just said some of the, the harshest things online about me, but now face to face, give that energy, you know, to when we meet people and remember that we're human at the end of the day. Yeah, a hundred percent. And have you noticed a difference between when you were on the challenge back in like the 2000s, early 2010s, to now being on All-Stars? Has there been a difference with the rise of social media or has it kind of been the same with like mental health and social media tied together? I think it's worse now. You know, back then it was way more chill. First of all, like there was no such thing as spoilers. Um, we be, you remember back in the day, I mean, let's look at like the gauntlet and all that. Wes is on the phone with Johanna telling her what just happened in the elimination. Like we're not even allowed to do that now. So we're, we have no outlets because people might leak it and it changes that. And then also people go on the show with social media in mind. They go on their platform, um, how to get social media clout. So a lot of their actions are geared more towards social media than it is authentic interactions. So, you know, you definitely see the difference. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. So I want to, one more really quick thing about All-Stars. Um, Season three, we saw some people that were recently on the, the, the flagship, um, mm -hmm. Jordan Wisely, Kayla Casillas-Bird, Sylvia Ezrod, um, Wes Bergman, and then Naya Moore was on the flagship, but she realistically could do the flagship because um, she's in the same real world season as Jordan. What was your guys' thoughts on these people that were just on the flagship coming to All-Stars? I mean, I think Kayla's 29 or 30 years old um, as she was the youngest on this season. I think people had different thoughts about it. Me, because I know some of them personally. There was the point of, you know, I did, uh, Kayla came down and we filmed Friends and Benefits. Um, you know, Naya I built a great relationship with her. But I think that for some of us, we're like, give us old folks a chance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Jordan versus us old folks in our mind. No, that's too much. But let's look what happened. He didn't even make it to the final. You know, um, it was it was all it was me, Brad, you know, so um, I think initially we were worried about it, but I think that it was good for the show. 
because uh, yet it was good in different ways because they did bring a different element, but we still got that nostalgia, but we also got a different competitive edge compared to season one. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so Jordan and Wes have such a rivalry and you're mm-hmm. Wes's um, best friend. You work with Wes and whenever you guys are on the game together and you said earlier that you and Jordan became close. Um, so was that a hard like line to walk down the mid? I mean, obviously you were on Wes's side, but was that a hard line to walk down or was there any, I want to say like, interactions that you had that you kind of had to put Wes and Melinda first because those are like family to you I'm assuming um rather than these other people that are friends oh it was it was tough but I learned I've evolved as a player and I've learned how to play my own game okay and Wes had his own game and I had my own game and sometimes our games came together but sometimes they were separate so as an evolved player, I learned how to navigate that difficult balance because, yeah, him and Jordan had issues, but I didn't have issues with Jordan. So just because Wes has them doesn't mean that I need to have them, you know. Um, so I let that's why I was able to play. The, I played a, my political game in season three was way different. Like that's the longest I went without being voted in because I learned I learned how to play the game. Yeah. Was there any, we didn't really have that much talks about Save the Palace and the whole Palace Alliance. Latarian left pretty early, Melinda left pretty early. Um, but was there talks about redoing that and maybe, I don't know, throwing Weston for tech? Um, like, What happened to the Palace in season three, I guess? They left on episode two. <laughs> they didn't last long enough for us to do anything. You know, like, I think we obviously talk about it, you know, um, and, and the Palace is bigger than just an alliance, you know, when we, when we talk about saving the palace, the palace is anything that you hold sacred in your life, whether it's your health, whether it's your family, whether it's your education, whether it's your community, whatever it is. So the palace is bigger than season two. And I think that we talked about it, but they were gone so quick that even as soon as those talks is over, you look up and Melinda is gone and Latarian's gone. So it's like, okay, well, we, we can't do this now. So you gotta, you gotta make changes. So in a good way, I mean, in a good way, like, it helped because had we did go in there preaching it in the beginning, I probably would have been targeted right after that. Yeah. And I wasn't. So, you know, made it pretty far. Um, somebody that you were, I guess, close with before. I don't know if you're close with anymore. Um, Tenderoni. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth had some memorable moments to say the least. Um, just what were your thoughts on Beth coming in late and then just stirring the pot? You know, um, for me, I didn't, um, I didn't appreciate it. You know, I think that there's a line of respect that we all have for ourselves when we're playing this game and that we need to have for each other. So bringing in someone's home life and, you know, um, playing a game that's different than it's one thing when, you know, you might want to talk some mess here and there, but then back it up in the physical stuff. And there, there was none of that. So it was just like, it was disappointing to see that run. And I know, you know, I talked to her afterwards and I I was open with her. I was like, I was not, I didn't like your energy. I didn't like the vibe that you brought. And, you know, she was like, well, my back was against the wall. And I'm like, I understand that. Look at season two, your back wasn't against the wall as, as much as mine was in season two. And, you know, I still was able to navigate that. So you can't do this, you know, like you can't come, you can't come on this thing just because you feel attacked and try to attack people below the belt. Like, I don't, I don't agree with that because our families aren't there to defend themselves, you know, like, so anyone who's bringing in people's family or their home life, I have zero respect for that because there's a lot of other things that you can say about a person that does not have to bring that stuff into play. So people who play that game, I don't respect, 
you know, like, don't do it because in the streets, like I said, you won't say that to my face in the streets. You're not going to say that. You're not going to say the things that you're saying right now because you feel protected. There's an area of protection, shield of protection that you cannot navigate this game thinking that it's always going to be there. So, I, you know, I, I did not like I did not like how she uh, approached season three. Um, talking about family, you had a couple clips clip this season about how important family was to you. Um, so if you could just talk about that more, like family and what it means to you and just like your life um, with said family. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we were raised to, to try to, we, we were raised like, you know, friend, family over friends, family over everything. So it's kind of been embedded in us. And um, you get to kind of see as you get older, how family starts to separate and how family is not as close as they once were. And as you get older, you start to see the truth about your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, because you're not a kid anymore. And you get to see like their, their struggles and, um, their financial struggles, their emotional struggles, you get to kind of actually see them and it's, and it's tough because you want to help them. So I try to, you know, I try to be that light for them because most, most of my family, they're not in positions that I feel like they would want to be in. And I know what it feels to them when they get to turn on the TV and watch me. So when I do that, I'm thinking about them the most. And I'm thinking about our conversations and things that they say that they hype them up when they watch or things that help them get through things. And when I hear that, I take those into each season and I apply them. So it's very important because, you know, blood is thicker than water, blood is thicker than money. And at the end of the day, family will always be here. So it's, it's important for us to it's important for us to understand that, you know, you can pick and choose your friends, but you can't pick your family and to try to be there for people because those are the ones closest to us. And sometimes it's the ones closest to us that we ignore their needs. And um, I try not to do that. Yeah, I, I love that answer. Um, so one more really quick thing just about All-Stars. Um, just if you can compare the final in All-Stars 2 and 3, your thoughts on them. Obviously, the All-Stars 3 final um, there were some eating portions that I don't know if you finished or not, if you can talk about that. Um, just your, your thoughts on them. I think that season two was probably one of the hardest finals that they've done. And I think that people like Darrell, for instance, who's been a part of some of the, the, the flagship finals and stuff, he can contest how difficult season two really was. And then um, season three, obviously, we had the eating portion, which was tough for me because I haven't eaten meat in 15 years. So to me, that was tough. And, you know, the fans don't really get to see. There's not a lot of things that it's hard for me. I'm swimming doesn't bother me. Heights don't bother me. Trivia and puzzles don't bother me. So it was like the first time when people got to see one of the things that's that's tough for me. And that's trying to eat some meat after 15 years of not eating any meat. So that was um that was one of the things that was the toughest for me. But um season three's final, it was great because I got to run it with friends and season two also, I got to run it with friends. So at the end of the day, I get to call tech. I get to call Melinda. I get to call Darrell about season two. Then I get to call Wes. I get to call Brad. I get to call Mark, John Day for season three, uh, Naya. So, you know, there's a lot of great takeaways and you build these bonds with people making it and going through a final with them. Uh -huh. um, was there a vegetarian option for you or anything, or was it just like eat the meat? There was one vegan option and it was these um, jackfruit seeds that were huge. They were like this big and they were wrapped up in some weird, weird, like, like I, I think, like I said, it was kind of like a placenta kind of, it was like this weird pink kind of film. It wasn't even a sauce, but 
I ate all of them. That was the only vegan option. And I ate all of them, but it didn't even equal a pound. So I was stuck. I was like, all right, can, uh, is there any way I can get more of these things? I'll eat, I'll eat two pounds of these, you know, um, because I knew that the moment that I ate any of that meat, it was countdown to me going to the hospital. And I didn't even know how much time we had left in the final, you yeah. know? So that was a tough one. That was my toughest thing, but we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how, the, what, how it goes in the future yeah. when it comes to the eating challenges. A hundred percent. So I want to go back now. Um, so you actually won mm-hmm. the gauntlet three um, and that season, the final is what sticks out of my mind and it sticks out in everybody's mind because Big Easy uh, went down, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could just talk about like that final compared to the All-Stars finals and then you guys, because your team was like the rookies team, um, your thoughts on like the whole Big Easy dying thing and then CT going off. I think Evelyn was a little mad at that point. Like that must have been a crazy day for you winning and then that situation on top of it. It yeah, it was because it was a it wasn't like um it wasn't like a win that could be celebrated for the rest of the cast. They were all just sitting there feeling like, you know, the veterans obviously feeling like they won, feeling like it was easy's fault that they didn't win. So the rap party, they were all pissed off. And I think that they were pissed off because they had talks with Easy, and he was talking about how he runs, um, he runs miles and miles, and how he'll be able to handle it. So I think, you know, I think that they were afraid to go against him in an elimination. So instead of taking him out, I think I don't know what they were hoping he would do. I don't know if it was just quit, but we only had two males on our team, yeah. and it was me and Frank, and then it was Jill, it was Johanna, and it was Rachel, and then it was us against CT. Brad, Easy, um, Evelyn, um, was pa- Paula. Paula. Um, Kenny and Evan were there. Kenny, Evan. Like, look at who we went against. Like, yeah. So, Big Easy dying. Shout out to him. But yeah, um, the cards were stacked against us anyway. So, yeah. I think DM TJ was did on say that, it. DM was on that team too. Yep. DM. DM Brown. Yeah. Um, so, you won with two of your Austin roommates, yep. Rachel and Johanna. How was that experience coming? I mean, full story kind of thing. I mean, not really because you come back for All-Stars and Rivals and everything, but it must have been cool to win with people that you started this process with. It really was. It doesn't get any cooler than that because, you know, a lot of these people, they have history with the challenge, but us, we were still fresh. We were only still a couple of seasons in. So you get to do, you get to go from, the real world where you're sharing this experience to now you're sharing an experience that most cast members don't get. They don't get to run a lot of finals with their cast. They may get to run finals with friends that they meet along the show, but you know, like Kenny, Evan and uh, Johnny were a click, but none of them were on original season together. You know, um, Johnny got to run with Tyler and they did an original season. So it, there's a, there's a different type of bond when you get to run a final and win you know, with your fellow cast members. And I've been fortunate enough to run and be in a final with four cast members from my season. Yeah. Not many people can say that. I do feel like you guys are the closest rare world season after filming. Yeah, that mm, I think so. Um, like we saw in New York homecoming, there was a fight. The LA homecoming was a fight. The New Orleans homecoming was all out brawl with Julie. I feel like if you got a homecoming with you, I mean, there'll be some stuff to talk about, 
but it'd be more of like seeing friends get back together, like a reunion type of thing. 100, 100. You know, I think that the biggest fights would just, or the biggest issues would just come from the couples, the ex-couples. You know what I mean? I think that'd be it, but that's, that's a given. That's what's supposed to happen. But like me and Rachel, we're not going to blow up on each other. You know, um, I have no issues with Danny. I have no issues with anyone. I'm going to be the one that's sitting there just like I was in the original season. At first, I was first the peacekeeper for everyone. And I feel like I'll be that again. But for us, we are going to party and have a good time. And we're going to let loose and we're going to touch on some of the topics. But I think it's going to be friends coming back together. Do you keep in contact with everybody from that season? Yep. There's not one person that I don't talk to right now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would love, I would love to see that. Um, so we just talked about some good. I want to talk about some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you were on Rivals with Evan mm-hmm. and throughout Rivals was in 2011. I want to say around there, 2010, 2011. Since that decade, there's been so many rumors about Evan throwing the elimination. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to ask, did you know Evan was going to be your partner going into Rivals? Because that was the first time they did that type of theme. And then what are your thoughts on him throwing the elimination? Do you think it happened? What do you know? What are your thoughts on it? When we start to get the calls, we kind of like start trying to speculate so many different themes. So, you know, that was one of the themes that we played with. And to me, I was thinking to myself, oh, if if Evan is my team member, I don't like the guy, but shoot, he makes it to finals. Let's go. You know, like we got to we have a very strong chance. And when we get there, the rumors were already circulating because I think he was in school or he had a, a previous engagement. So, yeah, I, I think that I'm almost certain that he threw it. And had he not thrown it, we had the numbers, we had the alliances, like we would have been in the final. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that in that position where a final was right there, that's when you have Evan, who never volunteers himself to go in, volunteering himself to go in and then not giving it his all. So, yeah, he um, he threw it. Absolutely. And have you had any discussions with him after Rivals was done filming? I've not seen Evan or talked to Evan since we did the after show for the Rivals. Oh, wow. Man, I called him out and he didn't like what I had to say. And we went backstage and he said a couple of things. I said a couple of things. And that's the last time that I've talked to a song. Jeez. Um, So Rivals was actually you and Evan, and then we had Wes and Kenny and Bananas and Tyler, CT and Adam. We're like the four-star male teams. Uh, Leroy and Mike, too, a little bit, but that was more so because of Leroy. Um, I want to know what your thoughts on the final were because Wes and Kenny were apparently ahead by a lot, and then they did the overnight portion. Bananas and Tyler ended up winning. Um, there was a part of the final that is always shown with Kenny carrying Wes on his back. Um, and then also, like, how do you think you would have done on the final with Evan? I think we would have done good, but I'm going to be real with you. Like the shape that I'm in now is way different than the shape that I was in back then. So I'm not sure. I can't sit here and be like, oh yeah, we would have killed it. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like to run hills back then. I wasn't doing cardio. I didn't even have a core. You know what I mean? I didn't have a core. I wasn't doing legs. There's a lot of things that I was not doing to prepare for the challenges back then. So I am not going to sit here and pretend like me and Evan would have killed the final Evan potentially, but we saw Evan came back in very bad shape you yeah. know that was not the evan that we seen before like he had a gut he was chubby his face was chubby he obviously didn't train for that so i can't pretend that we would have been the best team in the final but we at least would have been in the final that's all i know mm-hmm. um so rivals was sadly the last we saw of you mm-hmm. um can you just tell us why that was when did when did you get calls for other seasons 
When did the calls stop? If they ever stopped? And was there any close calls we almost got where you were coming back? There was only two seasons after that where I got a, um, an alternate call where they called me to be an alternate, but there was no other times where I was close. And then I got the alternate call. And then after that, I actually just stopped getting called. And, you know, the way that the production works is sometimes you don't know why, you know, because they got so many things going on. It's not, there's so many different players coming in, so many different crew members coming in, you know, it's not like a, a specific set and the people who are specific set, it's not their job to call cast members, you know? So um, sometimes you're dealing with different um, production managers, different talent coordinators. So those are the ones who make the calls and it may be a different one from each season. So, you know, you may call them, but how come they're not calling me? And they're like, well, I haven't worked on that show for two seasons. So I don't know because most of the people uh, in the film industry are freelance. So yeah. I don't know why I didn't get called. And when I do all stars, when I'm talking to KG, Katie Gallagher, love her. Um, and, you know, a lot of these producers are like, how come you didn't get called? And I'm like, bro, you work on the show. You tell me why I didn't get called. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know. Um what that was, but that was, there was no other close calls outside of those two where I got the um, alternate call. So that was, I'm assuming, Battle of the Seasons. Um, I didn't get the call for Battle of the Seasons. It was... Um, it was Danny and Wes, which I want to know. Yeah. I, obviously, they wanted Wes for Wes, and they wanted Danny for the Melinda situation. I would have rather mm -hmm. had you and Wes together. Um, were you surprised that you didn't get a call for that, for that season? I wasn't surprised, but I was bitter. <laughs> you know, um, Danny was a Danny was a much bigger character at the time than I was. You know, um, we look at the uh, the real world Austin, and he was a huge character on that show. A lot of the show was centered around him and Melinda's relationship. Wes was also a huge character. So at the time, let's say if Instagram was around, Wes and Danny would have had more Instagram followers than I would at that time because of you know they both did the fresh meat right after. So. Um, I can understand. And then Danny did a couple of seasons before he did Battle of the Seasons. So he was a bigger character at the time. So I, I wasn't I, I wasn't shocked, but I was bitter and sad. <laughs> um, were you surprised to see Lacey show up? I was so happy for Lacey. I was so happy for Lacey. And, you know, because we know when people are getting calls. So it's like when she showed up, but I was like, if anyone needs this and deserves this, like anytime I try to complain about not getting an opportunity, I just look at Lacey and I look at someone who did not, she didn't even get what I got. So um, I'm so happy that she got to do it and she got to experience that because if she didn't do that, there's, she may have never even got to do a challenge, you know? So um, like I would, if they had to say either you get to do this or Lacey, I would have said Lacey, let Lacey do it. Cause I know I'm, I'll get a call later. Mm -hmm. Um, so what seasons, do you know what season specifically you were asked to be alternates for? Um, cutthroat. Okay. Cutthroat. Um, I know I was an alternate for that. I think me and Brandon both were alternates and I went to Sri Lanka to go, um, do this project where I was working in an orphanage and, uh, I was like, I can't be an alternate. So I, and Brandon ended up getting called. So yeah, like, Oh no, had I not, I would have got, you know, so, yeah. um, that was one that I know for sure that, um, I was an alternate for. Okay. Um, so just going back, do you have like a best moment of your time on the challenge? If you could sum it down, like when you think of the challenge and Nehemiah, what's the best moment that makes you the happiest? It could be all stars, it could be the flagship, whatever you think is the best moment. 
There's a few. Okay. Um, one of the best moments was getting to be there when DM got her breakthrough and taking her wig off and coming into her own. I think those that's one of the greatest moments in challenge history and the love that we all had for her and the strength that she showed. And I got to be there for that. You know, um, another moment was rivals when TJ went through that big accident and came back. We didn't know who was going to host. So, you know, I got to be a part of that. That was amazing. And then um, as of recently, running the final with Melinda and running and running and getting to run the finals with Wes and Melinda. So I think those are my my best moments, I could say right now. Yeah, I like that. Um, I want to say thanks for coming on. I just Thank have you. two listener questions really quick, if you don't mind. Of course. No, let's do it. So Shout out listeners. The, yeah, one of them was what I was going to ask you, but I got so many questions about this. So I was like, let me just make you a listener question. Um, <laughs> when are you coming back to the flagship on MTV? Is that something you're interested in? Would you go back on the MTV version or you just want to do All-Stars? Like, what's going on with that? Let's do it. I'm ready to do the flagship. You know, um, when we look at when we look at All Stars three, the men lineup that was not an All Stars challenge. That's a flagship lineup. Yeah, that is a flagship lineup. There was nobody there that's a layup, and nobody there that's weak. So if I can make it to a final on that one, you know, um, then yeah, I'm I'm ready. Let's let's yeah. go. Let's 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 test the big waters. Yep, I'm with it. You ready for that that four month filming period? Because I know they film a nope. long time. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, a long time on that show. I'm not ready filming. for that. They're still filming. I am not ready for that. Yeah. But um, that's the one thing that I'm nervous about is how long that filming is. And you know, when we're in All Stars, we're dealing with a different demographic, and no one's on there talking about Instagram followers. Yeah. No one's on. We're talking about real life things, so I don't know what it's going to be like to be yeah. in the house with these Definitely. people. We're talking. They care, those, they care about those Instagram. I've interviewed a couple of them. They care about the the social growth. Right, right. So you know, um, I think what's going to happen is is I'm going to end up kind of being like um, Uncle CT is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. I'm the one that's so different, but they all come to me for advice, comforting, because that's what All Stars is. People always come to me for that type of stuff. And I think it'll probably just be shown more on the flagship. So that's, I'll be out of the drama, but there's a lot of pretty girls. So I'll definitely be uh, mingling with them. And uh, they haven't, they haven't given me that yet. So that's what I'm excited for. They don't ever give me any single women. Give me a house full of single women. It's going to be some trouble. My, my favorite new, new female challenger. I mean, she's in a relationship. Amber B challenge champion. I love Amber B. I've been, I've been, I slid in her DMs for years, man. And, uh, you know, um, she's in a relationship now, so I I know I gotta, I gotta be respectful, but I can tell you before her boyfriend, all you heard out of my mouth was Amber B, Amber B, because I had never met her. So, you know, um, and then I met her, unfortunately I met her after her boyfriend, but I always told myself when I meet her, I'm just going to propose straight up. However it goes, it goes. But, um, you know, now she's in a relationship. So um, shout out to Amber and her um, her man. And So my last listener question has nothing to do with the challenge. Somebody just wants to know nice. what your favorite, favorite food is of all time. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what are you eating? Spaghetti. Okay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> spaghetti. Vegan yeah. spaghetti. Yeah. Throw some Impossible, some Beyond <laughs> Meat in there. Homemade okay. noodle spaghetti was my favorite food growing up and uh, still is today. Love it. I want to say thanks for coming on. I just want to give you some time. Anything you want to shout out? Any last words? Where we can find you on social media? Just your time to shine. 
Okay. Um, my Instagram obviously is Nehemiah L. Clark. And um, surprisingly, I'm about to start DJing it again, y'all. So I'll probably be at an event near you. And then um, for all of those who are looking for um, potentially some, you know, some help with financial freedom, with helping your situation. I do work with a company right now in Kansas City called Snap IT, where we're helping low-income people, people affected by COVID um, in, you know, very uh, impoverished areas. I'm helping them get schooling and um, learning the tech industry, learning things like JavaScript and getting access to federal funds, state funds, and helping people get these uh, free grants for schooling so that they can um, get better careers and better their situations. And that's on my link tree and my Instagram. Love it. I love it. I appreciate, it. I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. All right. I'll have a good rest of your night. Thank you. You too. That was the episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Again, my social media is all below. Look out for the giveaway details on my Instagram. It will be next week with the John Knight episode. Chillin' with Dylan, chillin' with Dylan. Hey. Good vibes and such an incredible feeling. The podcast that you need and want. Interviews with reality TV stars. Uh, so entertaining. Now you don't wanna miss them. Real as it gets, never know what to expect. Uh, got a rep jersey, I thought I told ya. Yes, indeed, every week got a brand new poster while I'm hey, chillin' with Dylan, chillin' with Dylan. Hey, chillin' with Dylan, chillin' with Dylan. Let's go.